let's shift our gear to look at the nation of Niger. Now, if you follow the news closely, you might understand the current president of Niger has been successfully ousted by the military coup. Now, according to the soldier that who staged the coup believe that this country today is no longer in a good shape. Keep in mind, there are only 22 million people in the nation of Niger. And how should we understand the statement made by the soldier? And also, what is the word democracy meaning today when we look at the future of the country? So that's why today it's important for us to invite back our distinguished speaker, who is Scott Morgan. Again, if you follow our show, you should be familiar with Scott. Scott has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. He uses his experiences from serving in the U.S. military to address various projects. And currently, he's based in Washington, D.C., well, brother, and welcome back to The Missing Piece. Thank you for having me, Will. You know, Scott, it's interestingly, this is not the first time that you and I, we discuss the word democracy and also regarding the social instability among the countries in Africa. Before we talk about what has actually happened in the nation of Niger, I know you're the expert. Can you help us with better understanding regarding the Americans' role, especially from this military perspective? What is the relationship between Niger and the U.S. military at this moment? Given the fact that we know, based on research, America spent, get this, over $500 million in shaping up the military, uh, 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 I would say shakeup, or the military security. Scott. What is the relationship at this moment? That's a great question to ask because we have, because people, Niger is one of the few countries in Africa where a U.S. military presence has been confirmed, not suspected. Mm. There is a base in the Agadez region where the U.S. bases UAVs, also known as drones, and rotate special forces in and out of. As a result of the incident last week, early, those forces are locked down and confined to base. We That is the latest information that we have regarding that specifically. Also, you know, Nigeria, not Nigeria, Niger is also one of the G5 countries, you know, in the Sahel Alliance, you know, along with Mauritania, Chad, Burkina Faso, and Mali. Mali has virtually withdrawn from that group, and there are efforts to have that re have Mali rejoin the group as well. Burkina Faso, who who <clears throat> it has also threatened to withdraw as well, and the, the U.S. military presence is not not as large. But Niger and is in. With its proximity, also borders Nigeria as well, and also has a small border with Libya. So Niger is a very important country in the Sahel in the, when it comes to Western counterterrorism. But Scott, the question I want to follow up with what you just said is. Again, we know that U.S. government spent millions of millions of dollars in shaping up. 
the military structure in the nation of Niger. But again, why is that crucial for us to understand this piece of information? We know that today, when we talk about the partnership, particularly looking at this military relationship between U.S. and some countries in Africa, Niger, surely it's one of the priorities or shall be one of the priorities. So again, help us with better understanding. What is the purpose for the U.S. government to achieve when spending or investing so much money in this country? Again, in addition to military, what other advantages could U.S. provide to the nation of Niger? What do you say? To the U.S. has been actually one of the large, largest supporters of Niger's healthcare and education systems. Mm. So a couple of years ago, there was actually a study that came out that stated, you know, Niger is almost at the point of Haiti mm. on a per capita basis. It's one of the poorest countries in the world. The U.S. through USAID and other NGOs were actually providing massive support, providing one of the goals was providing education to young girls. So, what was that same study revealed that the average mother in Niger, the first time she gives birth is like 15 or 16. Mm. That will place tremendous stress on the on the social on the social fabric of the country. So, improving education. And giving these, giving the people the tools they need to actually thrive, well, even though it's an agrarian economy, paramount to the success of Niger. But going back to your point about the U.S. about the security of establishment ties with the United States, already you are hearing some voices that when they first heard of this incident taking place, the first questions that people were asked was not why did this happen here in washington there were some voices asking did the u.s train the coup plotters mm. that answer is yes and we have heard it the coup is in chad in guinea in mali and so that is being used by people who do not want the united states to have to coordinate and have a presence in Africa. That is a point that they're trying to ram home. Now, did these officers have training from the US? Yes. You know, most countries that have a that want to have a strong military realize they need a successful officer corps and an NCO corps. And for its faults, the US actually provides good training for, you know, France has also provided the bulk of the training as well. And the question now becomes, you know, after what has happened in Burkina and and Mali, is this action or put to use a better term, is this a internal matter? Is this which it appears to be mm. there, you know, President Basu has sought to bring his own people in and remove and replace those who served under President Isafu. Mm. The general in charge of the president's guard was a known close confidant 
of the of the former president. That appears to be a major factor in the putsch because he felt like he was being sidelined. Mm. Could that be the ultimate factor in this? Probably. But as we as we are talking later on today, there are some next steps that are actually being discussed, and that could actually lead to a future U.S. reaction to this, which may be similar to the actions taken by France and the EU, or somewhat different. But the ECOWAS summit today in Abuja will actually give people an idea of what may actually happen next. Mm. Scott, I want to go back to the country of Niger, and then let's talk about what actually happened. Again, based on the report, the current president has been detained by the soldiers. And again, based on the latest update, the president is in good shape. But meanwhile, let's look at the statement that put out by the soldiers. Again, the reason why the soldiers state a coup to replace the president or try or try to uh, overthrow the government simply because the country is no longer in good shape. And also, it is time for a new governance to put the country back on track, politically speaking, and also economically speaking. Now, again, Scott, you're the expert. Help us with better understanding what is the statement made by the soldier? So in other words, how should we interpret the statement? Is the country of Niger actually in completely in turmoil? Or is there anything else that we're missing today when we are reading the statement from the soldiers? Go ahead. Well, there are two ways to answer the first part of your question. Is the country in good shape? It has suffered attacks from both JNIM, the Muslim Islamic militant group, active in both Mali and Burkina Faso. Mm. The country has also suffered attacks from Boko Haram mm. in, in Nigeria. We have heard that some of the bandits that are attacking in northwestern Nigeria actually crossed the border into Nigeria and are using Niger as a base. Generally, it's not a lot of reporting to that, but there is a lot of suspicion to that. So stating that, you know, the incidents regarding the militants, that, that is a valid point. But there is an actual interesting twist in the economic question. Last week, Algeria's President Tibbon was in Beijing making a state visit, and he signed, and Algeria signed several deals with the Chinese government. One other thing that Algeria was trying to do was Algeria was trying to get Chinese investment in a natural gas project that will be a pipeline going from Nigeria to Algeria, traversing Niger, mm. so that natural gas could be sent into the European Union. From, what, from the information I have right received, that project is now on hold. Mm. That will actually put, put, that will actually deter growth of Niger's economy the longer this this 
this putch goes on and it remains unresolved. That is a very interesting development, which you haven't seen a lot of Western analysts talk about. They prefer to focus on the uranium mines. Mm. You know, China has an interest in some of the uranium mines. And you have seen a lot of analysts in Washington here talk about, could this, could this push open the door for Wagner to go in, go into Niger and get access to uranium mines for Russia? And we have noticed Prigazan is actually, did not, he did not come out and say that uh, he was behind this incident, which have, we have seen on social media, mm. but there are also, but he did state that it could be potentially good for his business. So uh, that is another interesting economic wrinkle that we have to watch out for. Mm. But also, people also forget, going back to the military, the United States is not the only country that has troops on the ground in Niger. There is a French contingent, and going back to a potential root cause, last fall, French troops actually fired on a demonstration, killing three people. And no, and there has been reports of no one being held accountable for that. And, you know, so if we, as we're seeing in some of the demonstrations where people miraculously show flying, having Russian flags, you know, you know, it does make you want to suspect if this was a plant, but however, that incident with the French soldiers not being held accountable for killing three, three Nigerians in a, at a protest, that is something that was allowed to percolate. And it may be simplistic to look at that, as the factor, but we should consider it a factor. But Scott, I want to ask you again, going back to the statement made by the soldiers, how credible or how believable is the statement? Because again, you know, we've seen more and more countries today are being ruled by the military government or by the head of the military, again, across the world. But people are very concerned and also worried that this type of government can be turned into a dictatorial type of government or we're looking at authoritarian type of government simply because the strategy or simply because the ruling power. Again, if right now, let's just say based on the current uh, uh, update, that the Niger is ruled by soldiers, don't you think that today we're actually putting the nation of Niger into the hands of uncertainty? And also, what about the citizens? How can they live peacefully and also live with satisfaction under the current government? What do you say to that? Basically, there's one thing I learned from being in, this, in the military. Soldiers are good at breaking things. Mm. We're not... We do not excel at repairing them. Mm. Generally, soldiers do not become good good leaders, politicians, or diplomats. However, we have seen 
examples that shown otherwise, you know, George Washington here in the U.S. You can make the same case for De Gaulle in France. Well, some of the thing, one of the things is that some people felt in the military is that with the investments and the aid packages going in, that the military was actually being left behind. They were not they were not seeing some of the heart, some of the training and equipment that other countries in the region were receiving from the US EU mm. to help deal with the insurgents. Or do the do with the insurgencies. And I don't know if you saw this, but last night JNIM actually put out a statement on social media stating that they were looking forward to the expulsion of French and American troops from Niger. Mm. So, in a way, the push, even though they're highlighting some bad issues re- regarding Niger's governance, and uh, and the somewhat poor state of their military. The population does not benefit from any change. Mm. You know, you had some people in the military hierarchy that could benefit from it, whether, you know, whether they get get access to save funds so they can fulfill what they consider to be a proper lifestyle or ensure that through specific units receive adequate equipment or anything. But people, you have to remember, this this push was launched by the presidential guard itself, not by the regular army for, mm. at first. Mm. The head of the army then later supported this. That is an important caveat to point out. We are actually seeing officers on the staff level who are at, we saw this in Mali, we saw this in Burkina Faso. We are seeing staff level officers who generally have, don't even have access to better information than the commanding generals. Mm. So, so they felt that it was time to make a change. Mm. But as you saw, but as we have, but one thing we actually have often forget, and a lot of times African politics are tribal mm. and family based. So that is a root. So divulging into those relationships, why the presidential guard, who was apparently very loyal to the former president and was not pleased with the current, with the, with the, with the current president, you know, that could play into this. Hmm. Scott, I got two more questions before letting you go. Now, you mentioned regarding that, again, the JM group, but if we pay closer attention to the nation of Niger, we also realize that there are, I mean, there is also another urgent issue regarding what we called Islamic insurgency. So in other words, if I'm not mistaken, there are several uh, what we called terrorism-related groups based in Niger. So now help us with better understanding. When the president is ousted, we have the soldier governing the government. Does that provide loopholes or bigger advantages 
for Islamic extremist insurgency, or it actually can help with prevention. What do you say to that, Scott? The best answer to that is look at how it has happened in Mali since the military took over there. Mm. The insurgencies in Mali still continues to thrive to this day. We have actually seen the Malian government, even though they had the French withdrawal and Wagner has gone in, the Malian military and government has actually been condemned for several incidents of massacres. Mm. You know, the military in Burkina Faso had still has not been actually able to arrest their insurgency and that is and there is and as we have seen in recent weeks there have also been reports of insurgent attacks in benin and in togo you know ghana is under threat as threat as well so the military the, the military taking over the government has not done anything positive to arrest these insurgencies mm. so but today we will find out when ECOWAS has their summit in emergency summit in Abuja and there, believe it or not the president president Debe of Chad has been also invited to this so that that shows you just how serious the situation how they take the situation you know, ECOWAS and the AU have, or will ECOWAS will make its decision today. Mm. The AU will has demanded that the presidential guard return to their barracks within the two weeks. Mm. And yeah, and and I think the United States, at least on the phone calls made by Secretary of State Blinken and Vice President Harris are taking a wait and see to see what happens after today's summit in Abuja and whether to determine whether or not any, what the next U.S. steps will be. Mm. Scott, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking you a very simple question. Again, something you mentioned before. Since this ongoing political shakeup took place in the nation of Niger, We've seen the younger generations, some of them held the flag of Russia and also claiming that it's time for Russia to come into the country or against symbolically sending this political gesture to say, hey, Russians, you're welcome to come, come to our country, help us or whatever the message was sent. Scott, is there anything that misrepresenting from the youth on this perspective Again, this is a domestic issue. Surely we can get international attention. But the key question is, why did the youth in Niger today are asking Russia to come in? What is the connection of that? You know, Wagner and other elements have used social media to further their agenda. But also... One thing is that Niger has a very young population and mm. you have old leaders, but then again, in a lot of Africa, a lot of countries, we can actually say that, you know, we, you know, even the U.S. has that issue where we talked about, we want dynamic change and, you know, we want to have here in the U.S. a more vibrant society. Mm. 
that shows the reflection of what the U.S. demographic makeup is and the United States keeps electing old white men as president. It's a similar, it's a similar principle. The youth feel like their voices are not being heard. Mm. Goes back to the Cold War. The Russians were actually seen as supporters of a lot of the liberation movements against the powers, the French, the British, to an extent, the Portuguese mm. in Africa. The Soviets actually supported a lot of the liberation movements and they're not seen as a colonial power mm. when in fact the actions of Wagner can be seen as neo-colonialism. Mm. Or new colonialism. Well, again, brother, it's uh, it's devastating to see what's happening in the nation of Niger. But meanwhile, again, based on the statement put out by the U.S. government, that would continue to support the democracy and also continue to, uh, again, to sustain the value of democracy around the world. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Scott Morgan. Again, Scott has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November of 2012. And he's based in Washington, D.C. And he's, again, he's expert on various African countries regarding the geopolitical change and also this economic uncertainty. Well, Scott, thank you so much again for your time. It's been a pleasure. We really appreciate your insights and also your analysis. Help us with better understanding for the nation of Niger. So thank you so much for doing this.